0: welcome to the show Two men have entered this ring, but only one will leave victorious. Now, for the moment we've all been waiting for, live on the zone from Xavier University in New Orleans, Louisiana, Misfits. I have one question. Are you ready? It's time! It's fight time!
1: Welcome GOAT fans to GOAT Radio. I'm the big man. And we are so jacked up. We are kicking off Season 2 of the greatest of all time podcast show. And there's no better man than to start it off than the ultimate hype man himself. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so pumped to bring to you world-class professional ring announcer, Ryan Ventura.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, You know, oops, sorry, my my uh, webcam. I'm really looking forward to this. I, I like the the content that you guys make. And, um, you know, you, you're a man of good taste as well. I love the jerseys that you have in the background.
1: Yeah, awesome. Yeah. I know, I feel like I'm excited to have you because I feel like we have the same interests. I can just tell by your little man cave you got there with all the pictures. Same sort of thing here with the Goat Raj.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I, I need to come in person and check it out myself. Oh, we will plan on it for sure. Look, All right, to buddy. It.
1: First things first, the GOAT fans know the drill. we got to say what we're wearing. So I'll start. Sure. In, in honor of the NHL season coming up next yeah. week. Right I, on. I, I, you know, I haven't worn my Ovechkin jersey in a while. Oh. Ah. Right?
0: Yeah. And excellent, you know, excellent. And,
1: and you know what? He's uh he's on the hunt for Gretzky's record. Yeah. Probably. He needs, I think, 73 goals yeah maybe he can get it the you know next season not this one but you know that guy would just won't stop scoring
0: yeah exactly i mean um you know he's i honestly think you know even at his age and everything with everything that he's accomplished he genuinely just loves the game of hockey he loves the score he loves to perform and for as long as his body will allow him to he'll continue to play like um I talk about it all the time because Ovi is one of my favorite non-Canuck players of all time. Yeah, I think he's like the kind of guy that would like do what Yager does. So like even after his NHL career is long done, he's going to like continue to play in the KHL for as long as his body will allow.
1: Why not, man? Yeah. Yager's 51. He's still kicking yeah, on, yeah, that, yeah. on the ice. All right. What are you wearing?
0: Okay. So. You know, you could tell I'm wearing you know a nice uh throwback to nineteen ninety-four jersey, but do you care to guess uh what number and name I have in the back? It's a, it's not very common, but he's a legend.
1: Okay. I have a I could see, I think I see a nine there, but I'm not sure. Is it Mogilney? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. it's Mogilney. You know-
0: this is this is like one of the greatest, like Jerseys that I've ever owned, and this is like the authentic uh, CCM one. So it's not like a replica, or it's not a Fanatics, or even an Adidas one. This is an actual CCM uh, jersey from uh, '95.
1: Unreal! I love Mogilny. Uh, we actually have an autographed blade here awesome. in the garage, and that guy is just getting shafted by the Hall of Fame as well.
0: Yeah, I fully agree. He's a uh, he slept on. Is is Fedorov in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're sure. just missing. We're just missing him because like it was him Pavel and uh Sergey right they were the yeah. they were like the the next like you know big russian three after the original one right
1: the de- defectors from uh, the USSR <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right brother i'm pumped to talk about your greatness man mm. what you do it's to me and many others it's just fascinating thank you so I really want to know how you got into ring announcing. I, I know growing up, you had to battle some adversities. You worked a lot of jobs. Are you able to share that
0: for us and yeah, absolutely. How,
1: how that led to you uh, to be the hype man?
0: For sure. So, um, you know, uh, growing up, um, I, I grew up in a pretty rough childhood. Uh, a single mother raised me and uh, my younger brother. And, you know, I I didn't grow up with with much at all. So, you know, I had to like become the man of my house at a very young age. Um, my mom actually almost passed away when I was only 18 years old. She got into a really bad car accident. And that essentially like forced me to step up to the plate to take on the role as, um you know, like father figure and man of the house. So at 18 years old, I had to, you know, drop like, you know, my ambitions in school at the time, like I, I wanted to, you know, become like a web designer. <laughs> I mean, like looking at it now, it's like, you know, web design, there's not much money in it. But back in those days, it's like, you know, that was a very sexy, like seeming job, right, to do online marketing. And I ended up working in online marketing, marketing eventually. But, you know, I had to drop those ambitions that I had. And I just had to take whatever job I could, man, like I, I worked, you know, retail at Foot Locker and Sport Check and, I worked at SO gas station. I've done construction. I've worked at like hotels and managed like parking centers. Like I was like only 18, 19 years old, like juggling three jobs like all at once and everything like that. And it even got so bad to the point where like, you know, I actually got myself into some trouble with the law. And, you know, nowadays, like, I'm not afraid to admit that, like, you know, I, I got into some big trouble. So, um, you know, when you're only like 17, 18 years old and you see like your friends or, you know, friends that you, people that you thought were your friends back in those days, like, you know, making like two grand a week and things like that in 2005, you're like, oh shit, you know, I need, can I swear? Yeah, yeah, for sure, brother. Okay. So, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I was like, oh shit. You know, like I see this guy like making like two G's a week. I need yeah. to like figure out what he's doing. And I unfortunately got involved in some, um, some like a uh, illegal like ID scam. So like I got like fake passports and fake credit cards and fake IDs. And like, I got caught and like, I actually almost faced a year and a half in prison. Wow. And that was a real wake up call because it, it showed me that, you know, I'm not meant for, you know, this kind of life. Like, you know, maybe some other people are and like, you know, I'm not promoting that or anything like that. But for me, it was like a real wake up call. I remember um, getting arrested and being held in a holding cell for an entire day. And when I got out of the holding cell, because, you know, I, I, I pled guilty to everything. Like, you know, I got caught red handed with all this stuff that I wasn't supposed to have. And the cop was like, you know what, Ryan, you're, you're a good kid. And and you mean, well, like, I know why you did this, but I never want to see you here again, you know, stay out of trouble. Don't ever like, you know, come back here again. And I took that to heart. So like, you know, from that day forward, like, you know, I, I decided to like, you know, keep myself clean and like, you know, realize that like, that wasn't the kind of life for me. So like, um, how ring announcing, uh, you know, tunes into this was like, I, I needed like any kind of job that like, you know, would pay like money legally and legit. So, you know, I've, I've been involved in the Vancouver nightlife scene. You've probably seen it. Like I've been involved in the nightlife scene since I was 18 years old, man, like promoting club events and concerts and things like that. And, um, one of the things that I used to do too, at one time I was an aspiring rapper and I used to jump on the mic at the clubs and I used to hype up the crowds and stuff. And, you know, growing up, like I was like a massive fight fan and I still am a big fight fan, martial arts fan. And, um, one of the side jobs that I had on top of the other jobs that I had was I used to write articles for a website called lowkick.com. So lowkick.com at the time was owned by USA Today and they used to cover, um, Like, you know, all the UFC events and boxing events and things like that. And I got like a part-time job with them. And when the UFC came to Vancouver in 2011, shortly after the Vancouver Canucks Stanley Cup run, um, that was the main event was Shane Carwin versus junior dos Santos. And I actually got like a limited credentials. So that means like, I can't go like in front of the cage or anything, but like they gave me tickets to the event and like, I can interview fighters and things like that and attend like other related things to the fights. So like before the actual card started, I went to something called the MMA Expo. And this is where you could like meet fighters and attend seminars and stuff like that. And I, I met this promoter. He was promoting this event called Quest for Glory. And it was a local MMA show. It was being held at the Croatian Cultural Center on Commercial Drive. And I saw the promoter putting up flyers for it. And I went up to him. I introduced myself. And I said, hey, you know, I'm a big uh, fight fan. I'm a big martial arts fan. I've trained a little bit myself. I've always wanted to try this, like, you know, not thinking where I'd be now, but I always wanted to try this. Can I, you know, be your ring announcer for the day? And he's like, well, you know, we already hired a guy. So, but you know, what? I have some tickets. So he gave me three free tickets. Right. So the week after the UFC card, I go to the Croatian Cultural Center. I went, I go with my younger brother and my cousin and I go to the event. I go to the event and I pack with me a dress shirt. I don't know why, but something in me said the pack dress shirt. So I go to the card, I sit ringside and, you know, the promoter, he's treating us really, he's treating me like really good, not like a big VIP or anything like that, but he was glad to see me and he was glad that I showed up and all that kind of stuff. And the guy that they hired, I mean, he, he has a good voice, but it's not like a, like a ring announcer type voice. And, you know, he actually is a voice actor. He would do documentaries and things like that. And halfway into the card, Like, you know, no one's really like feeling the energy of this guy. The promoter comes up to me and says, hey, man, do you want to try this? You'll get paid. And I said, oh, cool. Right. So, you know, (laughs) I I go to the back. I put on this dress shirt that I packed with me and I learned on the job. Like I didn't know any of the fighters on the card. I didn't know any of the camps. And at the time, uh, pro MMA outside of the UFC. So the UFC actually got an exemption to hold professional MMA in Vancouver. So, like, every other promotion, like, even Battlefield back in those days, they every fight had to be amateur. So, there was an amateur group called MMABC. Like, it was all, like, uh, volunteers, right, that put on this event. So, all the judges, the referees, the officials, everyone. Like, no one's getting paid to do this. They voluntarily volunteered their time to do this, right? So, like, I had to introduce myself to all these people. I didn't even have any cue cards. I was given, like, a notepad and a pen And as like the fighters were walking to the ring, I would go up to their corner and be like, hey, what camp are you from? Where is he from? How much did he weigh? Right. I would ask for records and everything. And, you know, I don't know if he's like making it up or whatever. And then the worst part of all was if the fight went to a decision, I have to go up to every judge myself and do the math myself. And I'm like worse. I'm like the horrible at math. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so i have to score everyone's like scorecard and everything like that and at the end of the night i'm like you know i don't i had fun but i don't know if i'm ever gonna do this again but the promoter said i did really good he gave me a check and uh, the rest is history i've been uh, very fortunate to have experienced what i've experienced in my life having been blessed to travel all across canada all across the u.s and you know i've gotten to go to the uk twice this year through ring announcing, and you know all the great things that I've done in my career, like in in the background, you know, you, I got pictures with Nate Diaz and and Bruce Buffer and you know KSI and all those like people, and and I I still feel like the kid in 2011, you know, trying to like you know make my name out there.
1: <laughs> awesome story. Thanks for sharing. You know the adversities growing up, and 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 you know the quest for for glory. In a way, it kind of opened a lot of doors.
0: It did. It did. Yeah. I you know if it wasn't for Quest for glory and big shout to Sammy Pecolo. He's an OG in the fight scene here in Vancouver. If he didn't give you know the chubby Filipino kid who is only twenty four years old a chance, yeah. I wouldn't be where I am today. Same thing with a uh, with Master Song, who you, he's one of the the pioneers of Muay Thai in Canada. Uh, those guys gave me a chance and maybe a part of the chance that they gave me was because I was like the cheaper alternative because, <laughs> you know, as a young kid and everything like that, but if it wasn't for them, it wouldn't have opened doors to the battlefield and it wouldn't have opened doors to misfits boxing in the zone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great for pouncing on those opportunities. And I've watched you live at BFL, you know, one of the big uh, Canadian, for the GOAT fans is the, one of the bigger Canadian promotions outside the UFC and you bring a lot of energy, man. Do you love that rush of hyping up the crowd?
0: Oh, man. Like, uh, you know, you see me smiling and, and everything like that. To me, it's the it's the greatest high and hit of dopamine that a man can get without doing any drugs. When I was in... um, Wow, good way was... to look
1: at that. That's a great description right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, if any, not condoning that either, but if you've yeah, experienced yeah. it, it's a beautiful feeling. Yeah. <laughs> in safe circumstances, but when I remember, like very vividly, being in London at the OVO Wembley Arena, there's there's over thirteen thousand people. This place is sold out for this uh, Misfits boxing influencer boxing card and everything like that. The place is packed, and you know I've you've been the battlefield events like it's packed, but like this is another level of packed, right? This this is huge. Like we're surrounded, and there's like celebrities and everything all around the ring. Michael Buffer's watching me, and. And like, you know, I remember just being in that ring, just looking around me and looking at the crowd. And I'm like, this is exactly where I belong, man. <laughs> I, had, I had zero nerves. Like, it was so good. Like, I didn't want it to end. The 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 worst part of all was when it ended, it went by so fast. Like, it felt like it was only two minutes.
1: I, I was going to ask misfits boxing it's it's huge it's, it's it's massive it's massive you're you're announcing in front of thousands and and actually millions people that are watching at home so i was gonna i, I know you said there's no nerves but with those numbers do you like do you feel tense
0: at all no nah, uh, man like i feel like uh it, you know you you know you're a big fight fan so you know that famous like quote that bj penn had where it's like birds fly and fists fish swim and bj penn fights like That's exactly how I feel like it just feels that natural. And I feel like for the rest of my life, for as long as I'm alive and as long as I'm allowed to do this, I'm going to forever chase that high. That's how good it is, man.
1: And, and I wonder about the misfits because you know, it's with those crossover fights with the YouTubers and the and the MMA guys and the boxers, and you got a lot of the. There's a lot of mixed emotions about it. And you got the mm-hmm. old school boxers that are like, oh, it's it's tarnishing boxing, and then you got the new generation saying, you know, it's growing the sport big time. Where do you stand mm. on that?
0: Honestly, uh, you know, I, I'm a student of the game. I've been watching combat sports, uh, you know, with my grandfather since 1989. So rest rest in peace, Lolo Rafino, for showing me uh, boxing growing up. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I actually got to watch the very first UFC when I was only seven years old. So a family friend of mine, he had a bootleg tape of the first UFC. Cause there used to be a, do you remember the black box where people used oh, to like yeah. bootleg the pay-per-views? So my yeah. family friend used to like record everything. So he recorded the OG UFCs and he recorded all the big boxing fights and, and movies and things like that stuff that you shouldn't be doing back in those days. But if it wasn't for that and the like pornos. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. I didn't want to openly say it, but you said yeah. it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so every so he would record everything. He had like VHS tapes of all this stuff. And you know, I I've so like, you know, freak for lack of a better word, the freak show is a part of combat sports. If it wasn't for things like UFC 1. If it wasn't for things like Antonio Anoki versus Muhammad Ali. Or if you want to go back way, way like past our time, uh, Milo Savage versus Judo Jean Labelle. They were doing like these mixed fights and all this like craziness mm-hmm. for a long time because since the beginning of time in ancient Rome, people love chaos, people love. Yeah, A freak show, right? So, you know, and, and, and in many ways, I like the crossover stuff too, not just because of the freak show element and respect to like actual combat sports history. Um, I like the fact that like, um, because like I've had like kids, like y- as young as 13 years old, message me on IG or come up to me after an event. And they're like, you know, uh, watching you announce and watching these Misfits cards, it makes me want to go to the gym and train. That's a positive, man. That's a really good thing. Like, even if it's like not the highest of high level, it's not like you're watching Canelo Alvarez fight. It's not mm-hmm. like you're watching Terrence Crawford or anything like that, but it's pushing kids to take up boxing. It's pushing kids to take up MMA and do something positive with themselves. And, you know, I- I'll tell you right now, maybe in 10, 15 years, the guy that like is the next UFC champion or the next WBO champion, it's not because they watch like the highest level guys. It's because they saw KSI.
1: Pretty, pretty sweet. Speaking of KSI, I love that clip of him introducing you. Thank you. Thank that's you. a, that's a, that's a sweet one.
0: That's a flex. Yeah.
1: You mentioned, uh, you worked with Michael Buffer, the man, how was mm-hmm. getting to know that guy?
0: Is he a beauty or what? He is a beauty. He is a beauty. He gets my cosign. He's a very, uh, <laughs> you know, even with like, I don't, it's not like I can like call him on the phone right now and be like, Hey, Michael, how are you doing? But yeah, yeah. like my experience with him and getting to know him for that short time um, you know, he's, he's an extremely humble guy and he's a cultural icon that extends beyond combat sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can, you can ask your grandma and ask her if she knows about Michael Buffer. She'll know who Michael Buffer is. Right. And yeah. he's, he is so cool, really gracious with his time. Um, actually, you know what I was planning on saving like uh, this for like some, for another like interview, but I'm going to tell you and give you the insider scoop. So Thanks, brother. no problem. <laughs> um, I actually, so the night. I, the day I wake up in the morning for um the Misfits card, Misfits 007, headlined by KSI and Joe Fournier, I look at my emails as I normally do when I wake up in the morning. I get this email from <laughs> Michael Buffer's uh, agent, right? I look at this email and like, it's a very complimentary email saying, you know, we like Michael and our team have been like, you know, following your career for the last few years now. And we really like what you do, but this is a formal Cease and desist letter, like letting me know that I'm not allowed to legally say, Are you ready? So, oh, the, so the term, Are you ready? is legally owned by Michael Buffer, <laughs> and I didn't know that. And for the longest time, like, he, like, I mean, everyone knows, Let's get ready to rumble, yeah, like we all know that he legally owns that, but I didn't know he owns, Are you ready? which so, you, which you say before, you're tr- you're kind of saying right yeah so like i was like oh sh-. I, I was i was panicking like it's like oh shit you know i need <laughs> to like do my intro in a few hours what do i do and then like i thought about it I'm like wait a minute michael buffer and his team know who i am yeah <laughs> i that was is like cool. that, is, that is great so like uh you know what i did for my intro is like you know i'm still tweaking it a bit but like during that misfits uh card i uh i actually did like a pause so like instead of saying are you ready? Like, you know, I just did like a bit of a pause and then I do, it's it's fight time. But it, it's it's a work in progress. So like I recently learned, so like you're a wrestling fan too, right?
1: Oh yeah, big time.
0: So like whenever like Triple H used to do the thing with DX when he said, are you ready? Yeah. Like they, they he had paid Michael Buffer for that. Wow. I didn't know that.
1: That's a that's a cool little story that he, uh, he made sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I was so honored. And the first thing that I did, when I saw Michael Buffer that night sitting ringside, I went up to, well, I went up to him and I said, "Mr. Buffer, I am so sorry that I used those words." <laughs> what did he say? He's like, you know what, Ryan? It's okay. Most people do not know that I own it. But I've been using that for the last 30 years and it's my legal copyright. And I said, I respect that, sir. And I will never, and I will never do it again (laughs) because that's a lot of money too, man. That's a lot of money that I don't have to pay him for per use.
1: (laughs) So you use it's fight time. Did that, did you use that from
0: day one or did it evolve over your years? It evolved over the years. Um, like I don't even remember like what I was using before. Like it just sort of like just naturally came about, But my main thing is actually the thing that I say before that. So it's the two men have entered this ring, but only one will leave as champion. Now for the moment we've all been waiting for live at Rogers Arena in Vancouver, BC, home of the Vancouver Canucks. So like that little bit, um, that's actually from the you ever seen the movie Beyond Thunderdome?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. So it sounds beyond, familiar.
0: Beyond Thunderdome is the third movie in the Mad Max franchise. Okay. So like, uh, they would have like these people fight in, in Thunderdome to the death. So like the announcer there was like two men, two men enter, but only one leaves. Yes, so yes. like, I kind of, I only got, I kind of got inspiration from that and hopefully no one sues me for that, but I think I'm good.
1: Awesome, brother. I love your enthusiasm. It's just Thanks. what everyone loves you. You know, I even talked to uh Bigfoot Machado, He's always in the goat Rush and he says you're such a genuine guy and uh oh, thank you thank you and you know it would be awesome if all of us got in the goat Rush together one day
0: yes i would i would love that so much bigfoot shout out to bigfoot i i miss him very much like i he's a he was one of my coaches he's one of my coaches and everything like that over at fkp he's such a he's such a great person oh, i love him very much
1: wicked wicked um i always wondered this cuz some people might think you know uh, before an event you you can eat whatever you want or um you know you don't have to conserve your energy but I'm sure you have a pre-game pre-game yeah, routine, yeah, yeah. Actually, and, and you're pretty focused right yeah, what kind yeah, of yeah. Well, how, how do you prepare for a live event
0: so um the first thing that I do like uh on the day of like throughout the, the throughout the week so like within days before like an event like we got bFL coming up and everything like that yeah um, I would do like a soft read. So like basically, like, you know, I would I would without my full voice, I would just basically read, like, you know, <clears throat> introducing first in the red corner, wearing the black and white trunks, official weight, 170 pounds. So like basically a very monotone read. Mm-hmm. And I do that over and over and over again. Right. And then um, you know, one of the things I like to do, I like to get a nice uh workout in, you know, on the day of. And um, I also like do things too, like I I stick the water. Um, I try not to drink coffee cause I don't want to like stain my teeth. So mm-hmm. like my, my vice is like sugar-free energy drinks, not any okay. better, but like, you know, that's what I do to keep me going. Um, I stay away from fried, fried foods, dairy, sweets, anything that would bloat me up. So basically if I was to eat throughout the day, I just eat enough to like make sure that I'm satiated and satisfied, but not to the point that I'm full. Like usually like if I want to like crush a burger or some pizza or something i'll do it after the fights but not before not before like may, i don't want to upset my stomach either you know
1: <laughs> yeah yeah for sure i knew there's yeah. a lot more to it man do, yeah. do you where do you practice in the
0: shower in the toilet or e- everywhere like yeah. um like in the shower in the toilet uh in the mirror um yeah that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it nothing really too crazy um i remember though when i was in london for misfits 07 I was in the mirror because like, I, I knew that like, you know, with the amount of eyes watching me, I wanted to have like, mm-hmm. you know, the right facial expressions and everything like that, you know,
1: hundred percent. What's next for you?
0: Um, Well, the next thing for me is the battlefield fight league. And uh, that is yeah. in a few weeks. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm hoping to, you know, get back uh, with, with misfits again. Like the door isn't closed with me and misfits in the zone. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to, um, the Sauerland brothers and Mams Taylor from Misfits Boxing and Wasserman Boxing and of course the great people of the zone for uh, giving this uh, Filipino Canadian boy a chance to be at the highest level and you know I'll, I'll forever be grateful for them and the door isn't closed but right now like you know I I, I was trying so hard to be a part of the Logan Paul Dylan Dennis card because mm-hmm. like y- 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 for that card the entire world is talking about it like yeah. you know you got Conor McGregor talking about it you got like you got even Dana White, like, you know, uh, talking about it as well. Like, I mean, that's not really his cup of tea, but like, you know, if you have the big boss from the UFC talking about it and you have like the biggest superstar in the fight game and all these celebrities talking about it, it's a card to be a part of. But um, yeah, man, like right now it's just, it's just BFL and I'm the main guy for the BFL for as long as they want to have me. Mm-hmm. And um, if any promotions out there are looking for a guy, um, you know, my book is wide open and I'll connect you with my manager and you could talk to him
1: hundred percent. Yeah. We're pumped to see you again. You're a big part of BFL. Like they're, they've grown. And I think a big reason is because your energy as well, hyping uh, those fights up. It's a big deal.
0: Thank, thank you very much. I mean, um, I, I distinctly remember when I first started ring announcing, like I was watching BFL even before I was like, you know, announcing and all that, like, you know, day one, just watching on, Um, they used to have like replays of BFL on like Czech TV and global, global TV on like on the weekends at a random time. Like I used to watch it all the time, and I used to think to myself, "Man, it'd be so cool to uh, be inside that cage and introduce all the local uh, up and comers." And you know, I've been so fortunate to have been doing it since 2014. Unreal.
1: And like you said, a couple weeks BFL. You got Dan uh, Keitch, the 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 legend. The legend. The legend. Um, we're excited for him to put his belt on the line against another champion, that Silva guy that he he uh,
0: Bellator and the pfl that yeah, are yeah.
1: so it, I, it should be a great main event
0: man i a guy like dan, dan like i he's he's an absolute like legend and i personally believe he's one of the best kept secrets in this country
1: yeah i think yeah that's well known for sure mm-hmm. if there's a kid out there that wants to be a ring
0: announcer what's some what, what are some advice you would give him the number one advice that I would give a kid that aspires to be a ring announcer. And it's, and and it's, it's not an easy road. Some guys have it better to me. I don't want to mention any names. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, I had to like take the hard road. I was changing a broom closets and I've been rejected more times than I've been accepted. Like even, even now, like, you know, with the stuff going on with, with misfits in the zone, like I, I so badly wanted to be a part of that card and any card for that matter. Right. Because like, you know, I had a taste of that and I want to like, you know, keep it going and everything, but you just have to accept the fact that this is not an overnight thing that, uh, you know, this is something that you have to work towards for a long, long time. I've been at it for 12 years now, 12 years. And like, I didn't even like get my first, like out of town booking until like the fourth year. Right. It took a long time for people to, take me serious in what I'm doing. So like, if I, if I can extend like some advice to like anyone that aspires to do what I do, accept the fact that it's a long road, right? This is not like, this is not an overnight thing. Work hard, stay consistent, get in touch with your local promoters in combat sports or professional wrestling, ask them for an opportunity and don't expect too much in return. Right. Just because like, it's, it's one of those things where like, you know, you can look good, you can sound good and all that kind of stuff, but no one's going to like give you the gig right away. Like I had it's 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 not easy, man. And and the number two bit of advice that I can give you and every single big announcer has told me this, including Mr. Michael Buffer. Don't try to be the next Bruce. Don't try to be the next Michael. Don't try to be the next Ryan Ventura. Be yourself. Come up with your own style, Um, especially like in our game. There's so many imitators. There's so many people trying to be like the next guy. Forget trying to be the next guy. Just come up with your own style, your own delivery. I mean, you can only like, you know, say certain things like a certain way, like so many other times and try to be different. But but really, like, just try. Because like if you if you look at me, I am not the prototypical rig announcer. I have a crazy hairstyle i i yell <laughs> mm-hmm. it's 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 completely outlandish and like and out there but it works for me and it's a reflection of who i am and how i live
1: it works brother you do a Thank great you. job the passion that you put out is uh it's unmatched brother yeah i want to say how could the goat fans follow you do you have any links from your instagram yeah absolutely could, yeah. um
0: If you want to find me on Instagram, it's simple. It's just Ryan Ventura 604. Um, If you want to follow me on X or Twitter, it's Ryan Ventura 778. Um, I don't know. I don't, it used to be Ryan Ventura 604, but for some reason, like um, my account is like the the old Ryan Ventura 604 accounts actually blocked by the UFC. So I don't know why. I, I don't know what I did or said.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: I I don't say anything bad about the promotions at all, but for some reason it's blocked. So I when I when the BFL got signed to USC Fight Pass, I had to change it to a different name. Oh just word. Be, yeah, just because like you know, you, you've seen like my clips on like Fight Pass and they would share my work all the time. So like I it made sense to change it.
1: Awesome. All right, right. brother. How about we move on to the fun part of the pod? Sure. Go rapid fire. All so right, let's go. You're gonna give me your answer. All right, you can expand if you want to or you could say next question. Are you sure. ready? Let's go. Let's go. Elias Pettersson or Marcus Nasland? Oh, fuck. <laughs> can I can I like give a long answer or does that have
0: to be a short one? No, you can do whatever. Yeah, you can you can tell some rationale. I'm going to say PD because PD is the future. If uh, the Canucks want to go deep, um, in the next few seasons, in the next few year, in the next few years, we need this guy to perform at his very best. And if they don't make the playoffs this year, uh, you know, obviously he's gonna probably move on. But like, I hope in my heart that he does really well and he becomes a Canuck for a long, long time, and he can help lead us to the promised land alongside Quinn Hughes and Thatcher Demko.
1: Awesome, me too. Roberto Luongo, ring of honor or jersey retirement?
0: Jersey retirement. I mean, wait, hold on a sec. <clears throat> Uh, uh, all respect to legendary Kirk McLean, Um, he is one of the greatest Canuck goalies of all time but everything that he has accomplished in his career, with all due respect to you sir um, it's not even close to what Roberto (laughs) Luongo did, Roberto Luongo is an Olympic gold medalist, Roberto Luongo like you know, led us to was it back to back president's trophies right, back to back president's trophies, we almost we were so close to winning yeah. it all in 2011. We're so close and it still hurts. It still hurts my soul. But, like, you know, the team that Kirk McLean was on in 1994, they weren't even supposed to be there. Yeah. They weren't supposed to be at the dance. But, like, the Knucks at that time when they were a real wagon, like, he was the big reason why we made it so deep.
1: You led me to my next one 94 or 2011 Canucks.
0: You know what? Uh, I'm going to say 2011. As much as 2011 hurts and as much as I love, the 1994 Vancouver Canucks 2011 was like the greatest hockey that I've ever seen in my young life. You know, from beginning to end all 82 games, you couldn't miss one game because you, you knew some shit was going to happen and something beautiful was going to occur. Um, tickets for every game at Rogers arena, good luck trying to get it. And if you want to get a ticket, you're paying over double hundred percent, you know what, what a run that was. And to this day, I think I've spent more money at a bar in my entire life then like it was 2011 i spent so much i spent way too much money that year
1: yeah it, it was <laughs> one of the greatest times for the city it was in my was. lifetime all right kobe or king james
0: kobe uh sorry go on
1: you want anything to say or do you want me to move on
0: no just kobe <laughs> okay
1: travis kelsey or gronkowski
0: um on uh, this might break your heart a bit but i'm not really an nfl fan so i don't know all good
1: Ronaldo, R- Portugal Ronaldo or Brazil
0: Ronaldo? Oh, you know what? I'm gonna say uh, Brazil Ronaldo. Shout out the Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Federer, Nadal or Djokovic? Federer.
1: Ooh. All right. Okay. Wrestling. Ooh. Brett the Hitman Heart, or Shawn Michaels the Heartbreak Kid.
0: I am so sorry to all my fellow Canadians, but Shawn Michaels was like my first like favorite wrestler growing up.
1: Honestly, same. <laughs> Part of the new new generation era, sweet chin music. You can't I don't know, you can't. Well, oh, dude,
0: and then like at the time, like you had the first generation of DX. Like I yeah. I love Bret Hart and I love the Hart Foundation, but I mean, you know, let's let's be honest. Every kid in school is doing the job, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. Filipino food wars here. Oh. C Sig
0: okay. or the Lumpia? Lumpia. My uh my mom makes amazing Lumpia. Awesome. Yeah.
1: All right. Your pre-event meal.
0: Ooh. Okay. My pre-event meal would be two orders of a tuna roll, um, a bowl of miso soup, mm. and a cup of green tea. Nice. Oh.
1: Okay, I know you're a big video game guy.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: I look at these two legendary games growing up, Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter? Street Fighter. <laughs> that, that,
0: that, that's, that's, that's Ryu. He's doing the Hadouken. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. But, uh, but Street Fighter, awesome. Street Fighter to this day, like probably after we have our conversation, I'm going to have a little bit of a meal and play some Street Fighter 6. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: sweet. <laughs> All right. Who would win? Jean-Claude Van Damme or Steven Seagal? Oh, man. JCVD. No contest, man. Oh. He's got... He fuck ups the goal. Like Are you, really with the Akito you, you know, he breaks bones, uh, that guy.
0: <laughs> oh man, like all, all, all JCV do got he has to back up and just hit him with the spin kick.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> all right, a lot of news surrounding Tupac. Mm. Tupac or Biggie? Oof. I know it's you're tough, you're you you're, you're aspiring
0: rapper back in the day. Oh, Who did man. you listen to? Well, uh on a technical level, like in terms of like hip hop, like Biggie. Like, I thought, like, you know, he had, like, better flow and better rhymes. But I personally would say pick Tupac because I feel like I can relate to him in a sense where, like, Tupac was passion. Tupac was emotion and like, there's not too many people in the modern era of anything, let alone hip hop that can express themselves with that much like passion. And I feel like when I'm in the cage or the ring myself, I go in there with like so much passion and love and, and like, it's an art form to me to like, you know, spill your heart out when you're introducing a fighter. And I'm 100% sure whenever Pac rapped, he did the same thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, This is off the record here. Uh, Did uh, P Diddy have something to do with it?
0: No, I don't think he did. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> okay, I need your combat sports Mount Rushmore. So four oh. guys.
0: Or oh. girls, whatever. Four guys, okay. Um you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to do this like and pick like one guy from almost every combat sport. So um I got to give a big shout out to my main man Manny Pacquiao, right? And I got to give one to Fedor Emelianenko. Oh yeah. Right? Uh GSP and, um, you know, what? I got to pick one in kickboxing and that's Gokansaki. Saki. So like, I like Gokansaki because, uh, if you're a big kickboxing fan, he was like this short stocky guy, but like, they called him the Turkish Tyson. So like mm-hmm. the way you throw the combinations and everything like that, like the guy fought like Alistair Overeem and like, you know, Overeem is probably like 50 pounds heavier than him. And every time I've watched Gokansaki and even when I competed in kickboxing myself, I really identified with that style.
1: Yeah. And the K1 fights are just insane. Absolutely, or now they're called Glory, I think. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I've been very, I was very fortunate. I got to watch uh, my first Glory card in Rotterdam in the summer. It's beautiful.
1: And then uh, uh, Rico yeah, R- the Rico, yeah, is the is the is the chap for a long time.
0: Yeah, yeah, Rico Verhoeven. He's, yeah. a, he's an he's amazing fighter.
1: Yeah. All right, we got here. You already told me, you already told me it was Manny Pacquiao, but prime Manny
0: Pacquiao or prime Lomachenko. Oh, that's tough. Um I oh don't know. Like it's kind of hard to like compare because of the eras and everything like that. This might be like slightly blasphemous, but because like you know, it's it's slightly newer, it, it might be Loma, right? That's like you know, if we were to do the comparison, who would win in a hockey who would win in hockey, Gretzky or Gordy Howe? It's like obviously Gretzky because like you know, he played in a different era, it's more modern, right? Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. I kind of use that same like way of thinking, like who would win, Pavel Bure from '94 or or Prime Ovi, mm-hmm. right? You know.
1: All right, we can I need some predictions out of you for UFC heavyweight Ooh. supremacy. Here we got John Jones, steep Miocic. Who are you taking?
0: Logically, I would say it would be John Jones, and then John Jones would uh, become like you know he would cement himself as the greatest of all time, and probably retire at Madison Square Garden because he has nothing left to prove. But there's something in me that says, like, you know, don't ever sleep on Stipe, right? Yeah. Every Like, if you think about it, a big chunk of Stipe's fights, we slept on him. Like, I remember when he fought Verdum in Brazil, and this is when Verdum was, like, he beat Kane, mm-hmm. right? Verdum beat Kane. Verdum beat Fedor. So, like, when, you know, when when they were matched up against uh, Stipe, I was like, oh, this is another guy that, like, Verdum is going to add to his resume. But no, man, he did this in Brazil, and he put him away. He put away Alistair Overeem, A lot of guys. He put away. He put away Daniel Cormier, yep. right in a, in Cormier's retirement fight, for sure. Right. So like, don't ever sleep on Stipe. But I think John Jones, like, he's not losing ever.
1: Yeah. Okay. Misfits Boxing, a big card next week. KSI and Tommy Fury.
0: Okay. So like, um, usually my policy is if I'm working the card, like I I won't give a prediction, but I'll give a prediction for this one. You know what? It it's kind of crazy but like, you know, I actually think KSI might be able to do it. Wow. Like, uh, when, um, when I was ringside, uh, for KSI and Joe Fournier, like, I mean, Joe Fournier is not like a world-class boxer neither is KSI, but like, you know, as, as, as good as Tommy Fury is at the level that he is at, you know, and, and he is a Fury after all, there's just something about like that aura that KSI has. And like, you know, he has all these like fans behind him. It's, uh, and, and he's very focused too. Like KSI is like really focused and he treats this whole thing like, like he's an actual professional. So mm-hmm. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. He's going nice. to surprise a lot of people. And it's also, it's hard to train for that London shoot fighters kind of style. Like he, it's so funny, man, like KSI, he fights like MVP, but he's not allowed to kick. Yeah. Yeah. So like, he basically like fights, like if MVP was a boxer,
1: Logan, right? Paul or Dylan Dennis.
0: Oh, I think Logan Paul is gonna put away Dylan Dennis. <laughs> okay. Like, like uh I, it's not because like I think Dylan is not like a talented fighter. Like, I mean, we haven't seen Dylan fight a fight in like a long time. And Dylan, he's like props to him, man. Like that guy is talk like the craziest game of all time. Like, you know, there's like there's gonna be a special place in hell for him one day, like after <laughs> all the things that he said. But I mean, like, you know, he like Logan is bigger. And like, I don't know if Dylan is like really taking like this match seriously. He's more, it's more of a clout thing. You know what I mean? It's more of a, it's more of a clout thing.
1: The goat ring announcer.
0: Hmm. My favorite of all time. You know what? Believe it or not, my favorite of all time is the complete opposite of me. Obviously, I I have nothing but admiration for, for the Buffer Brothers. But my favorite announcer is actually Jimmy Lennon Jr.
1: Nice. Like the great voice,
0: the complete opposite of my style. But like, I've always admired it because I grew up watching the Rocky movies and his dad, Jimmy Lennon, senior was like the announcer for the Rocky movies. So like, you know, he would be like in this corner weighing 205 pounds from Vancouver, BC, you know, like just like the way that he would talk. I really like that. And Jimmy, he does the same sort of thing. And he, like, keeps it, like, uh, he keeps true to his dad's style. And he does it for modern times. Like, I don't think, like, anyone could, like, if I was to, like, come out one day and try to do it, like, no one would like it. Right? But when he does it, it it's perfect.
1: Yeah. I, we, yeah, we got a chance to watch uh Fury and Wilder. He was there.
0: Yeah. Wait, were you the- there? Were you there for that fight? In Vegas. Ooh. Yeah. It was right, awesome. Man. That was the first <laughs> fight, right?
1: No, no, I went to the what th- uh, the second where he where Wilder said his uh, his <laughs> his uh, his I mean, when he walked down in that heavy vest.
0: Yeah, that was that was a that was a great outfit though. That's yeah. a cool costume.
1: <laughs> you know who's an underrated announcer? Who Howard Finkel, old school. Oh, the WWF, Fink, the Fink, the Fink, the golden era. That guy yeah. introduced the legends, the gods of wrestling. He was amazing.
0: Oh, man, like he was the best. Like he'd from Victoria, Texas, weighing in at 220 pounds. He is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like you do it like that, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm a a student of the game. So like, even though like my impression is not on point, I try it. So like I can have an idea of how they would do it.
1: Yeah, you're great. Hardest name you have to pronounce.
0: Dude, like any of like the any of the like middle eastern names or like russian names are so hard like i don't even i can't i don't even have like any of them like from the top of my head because like i have like a sort of cheat code that i have on my cards so like if a name is so hard to pronounce i would write it phonetically so if someone's name is like mogetum right like i would spell it like mo m-o dash g-e-t-g-e-d dash e m like you know okay. i basically like spell it out so that like Break i'm not up. so i'm not trying to like pronounce this really long name because it's very daunting but like usually the obviously the russian guys and the middle eastern guys some of them yeah. have really crazy names man
1: 100 all right last one man your ultimate goal and everything
0: oh man i mean i don't believe in an end goal but an ultimate goal is for me to be able to do what i do full time You know, there's there's very there's like literally like I I know so many world class announcers that are just like me that like, you know, work Mm -hmm. like a regular job, work a nine to five. And then like on the weekends, they get flown out somewhere and they do some crazy card in front of thousands. And then it's back on the Skytrain and all that kind of stuff. Right. But in a way,
1: that's pretty sweet. You know,
0: it is. It's actually it's actually really humbling. And like, okay, occasionally, like I'm not going to say like all the time, but occasionally it's a little bit demoralizing. Because like sometimes you'll have some asshole that like, you know, I'll, I'll be riding the train. Some guy like comes up to me and say, like, Hey man, I saw you on the zone the other day. I'm like, <laughs> oh, cool, man. And he's like, he's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I I work. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I work a regular job. Like sometimes it's kind of a it's kind of annoying. It doesn't happen all the time, but it's very humbling because that's literally what happened. Like right after I came home from London and I got off the train. Like, you know, I took a few days off and you know, hung out with my mom and stuff like that. And then it was back to the office, man, riding the sky train.
1: Back to the grind.
0: Back to the grind.
1: Awesome, brother. All right, man. I'm going to finish it off. I drink for your greatness, man. Thank you so much. That's what I Ooh, usually do. What's that? Is that rum? All right. This is... I just picked this up. It's the Don Papa.
0: Nice.
1: And this is a product of the Philippines, man. This is fairly yeah, popular yeah. in the Philippines. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got to read this, man. This rum is aged for up to seven years. In the foothills of Mount Ka- Kan Laon before being blended to perfection with a rich, smooth taste and notes of vanilla and candied fruits. Don Papa is perfect straight on the rocks or in your favorite cocktail.
0: Philippine product. That's beautiful. You so know what? Th- did you get that specifically because you knew I was going to be on the show?
1: I saw it. I'm like, it's fitting, man.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I love it, man. You, you enjoy that. Like, you know, I'll, I'll bring a bottle sometime when I come out to your man cave. hundred percent right. brother.
1: All right, man. You're great at what you do. Thank you very much. You bring Keep- so much passion into your calls. You're, you're the ultimate hype man. Thank and you. you know what you come from real, you know, humble beginnings. So this one's for you, brother. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. I'm honored. Thank you for having me on the show. This was one of my favorite conversations.
1: hundred percent, man. And like I said, you got to come to the goat rush and, uh, get, sur- be surrounded by history and, and, and the, the goats, just like your room, your room looks pretty wicked too.
0: Thank you, man. I got a lot of, uh, I got a lot of history here too. Like, you know, just, you know, lots of conduct oh, stuff, wicked. lots of like memories from nightlife and, you know, obviously like pictures from my, uh, from my career. It's, uh, it's really cool.
1: Awesome, brother. And, uh, all the best. And, uh, we're going to see you at BFL in a couple weeks. All right, brother.
0: I love that. I love that very much. I'll buy you a drink.
1: Awesome. <laughs> this is the greatest of all time podcast show, Goat Radio. We will see you next time for more Goat History. We'll see you later. Thanks, brother. Thank you.
0: Hey, hey, Thank totally you. Yeah.